Sarah, how you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm so glad you're here. This is Sarah White. This is Murph's Talk. I'm Brian Murphy, the host. Hi, everyone. Hello. And just, you know, I'm going to put on the notes. Her list is long about who she is. She's a wonderful personality here in Akron. One of the things that grabbed my attention is she did this podcast. Why don't you tell everybody this podcast, but the religious podcast that you guys did? What was it called? Yeah, so um, it's called the Religious Recovery Podcast. We've put it on hold because I had a baby two years ago and now she's a toddler and she is super intense. And so some things had to go. Right. <laughs> so I had to make some choices. Um, so we put it on hold, but it doesn't mean that we're not still very passionate about the topic. So yes. So yes. that's what we're going to talk today. Yes. And I was telling Sarah and I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to talk to you about what I said because mm-hmm. I was not sure how to do this beginning because it, it's so um, intense and it affects everybody yeah. that we're about to talk about. Um, so when did, when do we, maybe we should go more the facts. Let's go details sure. first and then we can get into this other. Okay, so tell, talk to the recovery. Why, why did you start this podcast in the first place? Well, we started this podcast because, uh, well, my husband is actually a pastor and both of us really love Jesus, but we have walked through three situations uh, where we have gone through, I would call it both, in in some of the situations, the one we're going to talk about, I would call it spiritual abuse um, or church hurt. We've been through a couple situations maybe that I wouldn't label as abuse, but have definitely been very hurtful mm. um, and borderline abusive, emotionally abusive. Um, so walking through that three times, yes. ha- you know, has made us... Um, we had to go through a lot of therapy. I go to the I go to see my counselor regularly. So does my husband. We had to walk through a lot of therapy. We had to walk through a lot of healing to get to a point where we could say, okay, now we feel like, not that we're totally on the other side of it, but we are enough on the other side of it that we want to help others walk through hard situations. So talk about this thing that happened in New Hampshire. Yes. We were at a church in New Hampshire, and now it's all out in the public, so we can even say it was called Next Level Church. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was really fast growing, and there were a lot of people uh, starting to come, and a lot of people whose lives were being changed. Um, So I won't negate that. But so so we actually moved from northern New Hampshire. We had been at another church in northern New Hampshire. We moved to southern New Hampshire, which was about two hours away. Um, And we did it with basically no money. We lived in someone's attic. Mm. It was a rough situation. My first daughter was born. So I had a two year old at that point, too, living in someone's attic, you know, just because we believed that this was a really good place when we first got there. So you made some big life changes yes, to go there. Yes, yes. Then very quickly, um, after my husband started working there, because you 
you couldn't see it from the outside, which is the way a lot of this stuff yes. is. Um, very quickly, we realized that it was not a good situation, uh, that the leadership was very toxic, mm. um, specifically the leader whose name is Josh Gagnon. It's all over. You can yes. find it. And then the like inner circle at the time was also uh, very toxic. And two of the inner circle still all the way to the end were. One of the guys left um, a few years before all of this happened and actually has come out and has apologized mm. to every person that he could apologize to, has done amazing work of his part in healing, helping people to heal from this. So that's really awesome. Yes. And I give him a lot of credit yes. for doing that. And actually my husband has become really good friends with him, um, <laughs> which is kind of cool. Yes. Yes. So talk, get more specific. Okay. Um, specific to our story or specific to the to, church? To the, this church. Okay. And, which so, is why you made such a, why the solution came, the solution was what it was. Yeah, so really fast-growing church, became really big really fast, really um, a really good speaker for the lead mm -hmm. pastor, but really terrible character. Um, I would even go so far, and I don't say this about many people, I would say he's probably a sociopath. Mm. Um, again, I'm not a psychologist either, so I'm not going to diagnose him, but uh, led by fear, um, was very rude and mean to his staff all the time, required them to work, you know, 80 hours a week, 60 to 80 hours a week for very low pay, uh, for no insurance, <laughs> yes. um, required them to basically hide things mm. from their wives, from mm. other people around them. My husband has never been like that. So he struggled with that a lot and usually ended up telling me things that he wasn't supposed to tell me, mm. which is one of the reasons that we quickly um, started to understand started this. to understand what was going on. Yes. Um, what specifically did he have to hide? Um, just if there would be something that he did that he didn't want other people to know about. So there's the story in one of the articles, um, actually I think my husband told about it, where he got upset after a service that um, the air conditioning had was not working and he was sweating and he felt like he looked stupid um, on the stage. And so he screamed at the staff and he threw a table and it almost hit my husband in the head. And, um, and then he actually had the audacity to relate it to when Jesus threw the temple tables, <laughs> which is just totally nuts um, because that was not the same <laughs> scenario. Yes. And um, so he so he did things like that, and then he would try to get them to not tell anyone and not mm. tell their wives and not tell people. So he also... The financial thing he did. Yes. Talk about that. So I don't know every detail of the financial mm. issues, but he absolutely um, did some illegal things financially. I wouldn't be surprised if in the next few years, as this mm. continues to be, um, you know, 
brought forth by by people that are still looking into it if he you know faces some consequences which would actually be a positive thing (laughs) um because we know that he has he did things with the church that were illegal financially or at the very least were really shady um like uh gosh i'm trying to think of specific examples because these were things that we found out through the investigation, like purchasing a house in another area with church funds and then and then selling it to the church for less money. And yes. I, I don't know all of the details, but there were there were a lot of shady financial dealings. The church was also very much in a lot of debt. Mm. Um, and so, yeah. So um, what at some point you got together with a group of people and you brought this church down. So what was that process like? I mean, what had, who did you contact and how long, what was the, the journey for that? This was a really long process actually. So we were there um, from like, we were really only at the church for like a year, a little mm. over a year. Um, it seemed a lot so, longer <laughs> Wow. because okay. of how much went on. So yes. it was, we were there like in 2014, yeah 14 to 15 basically um and left in i want to say like october of 15 right you know right after that obviously we're we were fleeing we tried to reach out to people who were still there and kind of tell them what we knew Mm -hmm. but it's you know when you're in it you think it's a lot of people thought it was really good here you are this is your second experience Mm mm-hmm You've had three experiences that have been um, challenging your. <laughs> I, I'm I'm paraphrasing for you, and yeah. you can challenge this a little bit if you like, but challenging your trust in a church. Well, I will say it did change my. Um, trying to put this in a way that makes sense, I'm not as immediately trusting. But I don't necessarily think that's bad because I'm not I'm also not not trusting, you know, speaking about the church. It's been interesting because I didn't I didn't grow up in um, Christianity. I grew up around spirituality. I grew up going to churches here and there. My parents, my mom was spiritual, but um, was not a Jesus follower. And so she allowed me to kind of have my own experience. And so actually, I think for me, that was a benefit in terms of I did not attach the Mm. church to what was happening. So I I can see that these men, these Mm. three men that were the, the majority of the issues in the three situations, they were at fault. But I I never have attached it to the church. Mm. I can still see that there were beautiful people in all three situations. Um, there were, there were, um, you know, things I could tell you things that I liked about all three, mm-hmm. even the middle one, which for a time I, when I first got out of it, I said I wanted to erase that year of my life because it was so bad. Yes. But now in 2024, like almost 10 years 11 years later, 
or 2023. My gosh, I'm already jumping ahead. <laughs> Where am no, I? It, it probably feels like 10 years. I know. <laughs> um, now I can, now I can say, you know, I actually don't want to erase it. Mm. I have people there that I really loved. And then also I learned so much during that time. So, you know, so. we connect ourselves to church. You've, you went to, you go to church and you just, go to it. People feel very connected to church. So when something like this happens, it almost violates them. Mm. You know, and I think this is where I come down to, to do we give churches a higher standard? Do we? And if we do, are they really meeting up to that standard? Should we? Is that what you're then, asking? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. I, I mean, to an extent, I do think that there is a responsibility there. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think when you are walking with people through their spiritual life, that there is a higher standard mm -hmm. that we should be held to. And I don't think that just anyone should be a pastor <laughs> in fact you know i tell my husband he just became a, a lead pastor you know uh he took over for someone else i think three four years ago and he's 42 and i said you know i'm so glad that you did not get into this in your 20s mm, interesting and even looking at him now you know all his flaws are on display all the time mm -hmm. And he lives his life like that, like an open book, but it also comes back to bite him sometimes, right? And uh, which is okay. And he's willing to, you know, talk that out and whatnot. But you are held to a higher standard. You are, um, you know, you, I, think, I think that we should take it very seriously. But at the same time, we need to understand that spiritual leaders pastors who whatever you want to say they are flawed human beings like all of us yes that's true and um they are going to make mistakes and that i i guess what i would say is that you just need to see how they react after they make a mistake are they apologetic do they yes. see their own flaws are they being humble about it mm. and if they are that's awesome like that's someone you probably can trust if they are humbly saying like hey yeah i screwed up i'm so sorry like i you know i'm gonna work on that <laughs> sarah what we're not talking about is you messed up we're talking about people deliberately right so we're back and to I, that I'll, I'll just we're gonna get back to that yep no Where people are and i'll just say it plainly are deliberately using the their role the higher up role yeah first of all to install fear yeah and then that fears that person who was going that, to that ministry or congregation feels violated. 100%. So Rightly. I, I wouldn't be surprised if half those people say, I'm out of here. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure that they did. I'm sure. We, we, I know I know people. I could think of a list of people from that church that either are really struggling with their faith or mm -hmm. have totally left it. So Correct. Yeah. And that, that's just one church. Yeah. It challenges our faith. It does. What do you say to somebody out there who has been challenged by their faith in, in situations like this? What do I say to them? Yes. Um, I would say to them, well, if they're a Christian, I would say 
get back to the heart of Jesus. Read the Gospels and, and see who Jesus really is because he's really beautiful. Um, I would say talk to God about it because he's listening to you. Um, I would say for anyone who's, you know, just spiritually seeking, I would even say talk to God about it, you mm. know, um, because he wants to show up in your life and show you that he's real. And um, I think when we connect to the heart of God, then we, uh, you know, we can't, I don't want to say we accept all of these horrible things because we don't. We we see that they are evil, actually. Mm-hmm. Like I can say, this was an evil situation. He treated people, the situation we went through, he treated people horribly. We had people that were even treated much worse than we were. Mm. Um, we had people, you know, physically abused even. Mm. We had people who were definitely emotionally and spiritually abused um, that we know worked there, mostly staff. But I would say, yeah, I would say you can see this is evil. Like you can see that there's a separation. Got it. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Okay. So I, I want to hear more about your relationship with Jesus. Sure. Talk to, talk to us about your relationship with Jesus. Um, well, I grew up, like I said earlier, in a home that was um, very spiritual, but not specifically focused on Jesus. So my mom... Um, just always had an interest in spiritual things and then brought to, brought that to our home. And so through that, one of the really wonderful things was that I developed an interest in spiritual things mm. and wanted to figure out for myself what I believed. And I love that she always allowed that for me. Um, and so I went to the place where she worshiped, which was the Unity Chapel of Light in Talmadge. And, um, and then I would get invited to other places of worship with friends and stuff like that. And so I would go with them and my mom was okay with that. And, um, I also went to a Baptist church with a friend. Um, I had a crush on him in seventh grade, you know, that's how you do things in seventh grade, right? For sure. And you're like, oh, this, this guy's cute. And I'm going to go to his Baptist church and be in his singing group. And uh, I love to sing. I have a music degree from Kent State. And so I I joined that and I um, just started my journey there, yes. figuring out what I believed. But because I didn't have um, family at home, say, you know, kind of leading me, it, it was a long journey. And that's okay, too. You know, that's just my story. Yes. Um, so all throughout junior high, high school, and then into the beginning of college, I definitely believed in God. Um, at some points thought maybe I believed in Jesus, but wasn't totally sure. Mm-hmm. And then um, went to Kent State, decided at that point, you know, I'm young, I'm young college student. I'm like, I'm just going to put this on the back burner. Mm-hmm. So I put it on the back burner for like six months, did the the Kent State party lifestyle for about six months and realized very quickly, fortunately, that this was not fulfilling 
my needs as well. You know, there's no, <laughs> I wasn't any happier. I wasn't, um, you know, enjoying myself really. I actually ended up in the hospital getting my stomach pumped from drinking too much <laughs> when I was a freshman. <laughs> I know, right? Hey, I'm just being honest. Um, freshman in college. And then I was like, okay, this isn't working. And so that was when I really was like, okay, I'm going to search out what I actually believe. And again, it wasn't, I don't feel like it was an overnight thing for me. Um, but I went to some campus organizations mm-hmm. at Kent State, talked with them about faith, learned from them. Uh, a friend ended up leading me to a really good church mm. in the area. I started attending there. And I would say that's where alongside people that I really liked, um, also meeting my husband and talking to him about his faith journey, which he had literally just come to Christ right before I met mm, him. Interesting. Yes. So you guys kind of came together. So kind of came together. Came together through that pro- your journey. Yes. Fascinating. Yes. In that process, he also didn't grow up um, with any kind of faith background. And then uh, reading reading scripture for myself mm-hmm. and just deciding I I do believe this. So You know, you know Sarah, it's a personal journey. Mm-hmm. What I started thinking, I understand what the role of a church is. What's the role? You know, the first things that words that come out of my mouth is safety and trust. Mm-hmm. And then when you have that being challenged, um, it can challenge your faith. Yeah. But if you personalize who your whatever your relationship with God is, if it's personal, yes, that happened at that church, and yes, it happens over here, good or bad. But I still have my personal relationship. Jesus. Yeah. Well, and also kind of on the flip side, we want people. um, And I I know a lot of really wonderful community churches here in Akron that that want this, too. We also want you to be able to come and belong before you believe is like the statement Mm. that we say. So we want you to feel like even if you don't believe or if you're just searching out what who is God, who is Jesus, like you also can come and mm. just belong with people and community. have community ah, with people. Exactly. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. And so, yes, I totally agree that it's personal, but it's also community. So it's both. both. And, um, you know, we want people wherever they are in their faith journey mm. to feel like they can come and just be with us regardless of what they believe as well. So, I love that, Sarah. Yeah. So let's talk about you. Tell us all the things that you're doing right now, Sarah, and how are we going to get a hold of you and see you and listen to you? Tell us who you are. Yeah, of course. Um, so I, yeah, do you want to know about my, my, I'll tell you a little bit about my life and then I'll tell you what I do. So okay. um, I have three girls. I have Charlotte, I have Brooklyn, and I have Madison. They all have city names on purpose. Okay. <laughs> um, U.S. City first names and world city middle names so um and then i have um husband ben he's a pastor at street Lake community church and um where's that at where's that at? it's actually in kenmore kenmore okay uh during the winter months which we just started in october we meet inside at first glance youth center on kenmore mm-hmm. boulevard and then during the summer months so may through september we meet outside on the boulevard in the awesome. green space which is awesome. we love 
And we love being able to just serve the community in that way and people who walk by. So, um, yes. And so I am a host of sorts, MC. Mm -hmm. I'm hosting Good Morning Akron on um, waoh.tv. That's the website. You also can find us on waoh.tv on Facebook or YouTube. All of my interviews with local businesses, nonprofits, community leaders, I just interviewed um, seven of the eight school board candidates for Akron Public Schools. Awesome. <laughs> and uh, so That's awesome. those are going to be out this yeah. week. I'm excited about that um, so that people can vote accordingly yeah. for their Akron sure. Public Schools school board. And um, then I also work with 330 to Go, uh, which is also local internet TV, I guess, of sorts, edutainment, we call ourselves yeah. there. Oh. And I do interviews and posts for them. And then um, I do a little bit of special event hosting for the Cleveland Guardians and also um, a marketing company in the area. I do some special event hosting for them as well. So You are just a (laughs) go-getter. I love it. So all the things she just said will be in our notes in this podcast. So you have to check her out. She's definitely a personality to um, be listened to. And and um, go to the site. Make sure you see all the um, candidates for the Akron yeah. board. You got to check that out. You be guys- an open mind and make sure you get, get them all, listen to them all, right? Yeah, absolutely. Please listen to them all. One, We did have one person um, that wasn't able to be there. So you, I'm sure you could find their website and check them out as well. Um, but seven of eight will be on there and you can listen to this i did the same questions for all of them so that they would be um then their community questions too so i got them from the community so should be really good wonderful you guys can also find me personally um and contact me personally on facebook instagram um whatever i'm happy to talk with you especially if you listen to this topic uh and if you've been through church hurt and spiritual abuse i really truly would love to talk with you if you feel like you need to process it so you can find me at sarah.jane.white on instagram or sarah white on facebook sarah thank you very much yeah this is murph's talk brian murphy your host thank you thank you